<laughs> Amazing. It was. That's a good little meditation moment. Um, so we're good to start doing our thing, Jackers. Great. Welcome to the last episode of Echoes on Air for the season. For the season. So I'm super excited. Uh, we've got a wrap up episode. We're just going to really info dump everything that we've looked at over the last year. So um, I'm excited. It's me, Janelle. Hi, I'm your co-host, Chris. Oh, hello, guys. I'm Carlos. Glad to be back. Hey, guys. It's Lauren. I'm also glad to be back. <laughs> and it's Brittany. I'm glad to be back. Yay. <laughs> I did not pay them to say that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that was good. But, yeah. But so, thanks for the 20. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Don't do me. Don't make me out to be a liar on the show. So, like, uh, one thing that I love doing is the wrap-up episode. Uh, because we get to get people who have been on the show before to come back and talk. Um, so I'm kind of excited. I, You know what? I was ill-prepared for the day that is this. I don't really have anything to start with. I feel like I have opinions about I mean, what we've talked about. But well, like, I mean, I guess first thing we should do is we should tell the people what we have talked about. I'm going to steal your seat right oh, there because I don't know what I did with mine. Also, I guess it's important to tell you that, like, we're outside. If yes. You can't yes. tell, <laughs> we uh, office out of a common desk in Dallas-Fort Worth. And uh, one of the places has, like, this nice little um, patio area with, like, um, fire pits and stuff like that. So after we do this, we're going to kind of hang out and party and celebrate the end of the season. So um, that is why it sounds like outside. Outside. Yes. <laughs> because we are, in fact, outside. Um, but back to Chris, who was going to tell you what we talked about. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, so uh, now, if you've been listening every month like you're supposed to, I'm kidding. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you will already know this, but we have talked about R. Kelly and human trafficking. We've talked about the SMU civil rights pilgrimage and the importance of learning history. We talked at our live podcast about uh, social justice burnout um, and just really, we got to do a lot of stuff in that. Like we talked about trauma. We talked about burnout. It was was really good. It was really good conversation. It was like so deep and like, like honestly, there are good. there are like at least two episodes this season that I feel could be their own podcast by themselves. Yeah, that was definitely one of them. Yeah. I feel like there could be a whole podcast mm-hmm. of just like therapist roundtables yes. telling you how to fix your life. <laughs> Talked about uh, the LGBTQ plus community and relationship to Christianity and and I think uh, was it just Christianity? That was a good one. Or was it religion? I believe it was just Christianity. It was meant to be just Christianity. Yes. So we'll probably we might dip into that next. That was a good one. Yes. Uh, we talked about uh, the film Shatter the Silence by Cheryl Allison, which was uh, was really awesome. Me and Janelle got to go to the premiere. Me and Janelle and Jack, uh, yeah. who you don't get to hear from enough, but you heard from in the last episode, actually. And uh, you know, she's doing another film. Um, really? Yeah, I think it's called like Pieces of Me or something like that. She's doing like another film. So I really am excited. very excited to see her next <laughs> thing because honestly, that Shadow of the Silence film was phenomenal. It was really, really, really nice. I feel like I really learned a lot. It was really focused on like, uh, it explored like the Me Too era, but really like the reverberations of the Me Too era, specifically here in the Dallas community in a lot of different ways. I thought it was a wonderful um, example of how to continue a conversation and also just to like actually see like when a social movement happens, mm-hmm. what does that impact beyond just like, okay, 
the five new stories we've all read, like how does it actually spread through a community mm-hmm. and what changes? And so I, I thought that was that was really wonderful. Uh, we also did a great episode uh, about high school in the social justice era. This was another one that I felt should be its own podcast. Y'all should just get together, like, <laughs> okay. different groups so, yeah, of high schoolers big. should get together and just, like, talk about life. Like, I, I learned so much. I, like, got hopeful for the world. And I also... Thank goodness. Right. Because... The yeah. rest of us are messing it up. <laughs> right. We're not doing however, we're the ball. Mm, however, I saw a post the other day on Twitter where some Gen Z person was like, wouldn't it be cool if like on your Twitter page it like played some music? And I was like, We're not going back to MySpace. That's MySpace. That's MySpace. We're not MySpace. going also I, yeah, I, don't even I feel it. millennials fought so hard to get websites to stop auto playing music. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like remember like you go and you still have like a bad dial up connection and it would auto play some music. It's like I can't <laughs> see the website because you're playing the stupid music. <laughs> music i don't want to hear yes. so gen z gives me hope for everything about the future <laughs> except for, for auto playing music on websites which is a bad idea don't do it oh, lessons yeah. being learned like, don't do it also if you guys aren't following uh be yes. like be underscore voiced on a lot of good content man listen like for real like, listen i be learning stuff from them like oh listen I, i'm over here proud mama and i'm like no wait teach me right, wait, right. Wait. and like right. it's like consistent content too yeah. like it's just not like oh i post like every other week it's just like consistently no. it's really good they're re- you guys are listen listen shout out y'all are like shout team. out to the, and, the and, and where can they follow be voiced it's b underscore voice b-e underscore v-o-i-c-e-d i I'm 99% sure I spelled that right. Yeah. Uh, and that's on what platforms? Instagram. On you Instagram. You can find them on Instagram. On the and they have, like, they, there are things that I've been like, oh, snap, let me look that up. Okay. I, hear, I heard about that. Right. It's like relevant and it's like timely. It's not yeah. like after. It's yeah. like in real time. Yeah. Posting. They, y'all are doing a good job. Is Thank the point. you. I be y'all peeping. Doing, I mean, yeah. I notice. <laughs> I see you. I see you. I appreciate you. you. <laughs> Um, so we also did an episode on symbols and slurs, which I thought was a really cool episode yeah. where we explored like the so power of talk. words. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we can really get into now um, in this conversation as well, like the power of words, the power of symbols and like how that impacts our everyday lives. Um, we also did an interracial intercultural relationships episode. And that's, you know, always an important topic, especially uh, now in the age of uh, our current political climate, which can be very polarizing. Nice. Along racial and cultural lines. So, like, how we build those relationships, uh, especially now, I think, is, is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a great episode with uh, the Gray Sisters. Because we, we got three y'all in here. <laughs> it's true. Uh, well, and talking about Gray and Lee. But, yes. Well, yes, yeah. Gray and Lee. But yes. Janelle yes. Sisters. Okay. Yeah, we got Janelle yeah. Sisters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Janelle, Janelle Sisters. sisters. Her yeah. backup. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, we also did um, a follow-up episode on the Botham John case yeah. after uh, we got the verdict. And we, we spoke about uh, forgiveness and also, you know, the acts of forgiveness both from the judge in the case and from uh, Botham's brother. Remind me of his name? Uh, Brant. From Brant, John, and uh, also Janelle got the opportunity to meet Brant, and so that was really, oh. um, mm. that also, you know, gave another dimension to our conversation, which I thought was really valuable. Uh, and then we talked about cancel culture. We talked about cancel culture, and so I'm going to tell y'all, that was the topic that, like, I proposed, and I really thought I was going to show up, it's going to be like, some people were going to be like, cancel culture is really bad, and it's like, you're making things terrible. And I was going to be like, well, I see that perspective, but I also see this perspective. No. Everybody was like, cancel culture is not real. People don't really get canceled. And like, 
given that a certain Chicago rapper who now lives in Calabasas had like a number oh. one album, apparently listen. cancel culture is not real. Listen. So, listen. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, but, but that was also a great conversation, even though I really, I really thought this was going to be the one where I was going to be like, well, I see both sides, but we're going to introduce <laughs> different perspectives, and we it really were like <laughs> kind of <laughs> all on the same page. But it was still a really fun conversation. But it was a good conversation. Also, like, Tam and DR, like, just... On- Yes, that, it was a great group. The combo was good. It was a great group. Because Tam has me cracking up, like, on a regular <laughs> basis. So I tell people that there are certain people that I log on yes. just to see. Yes. Like, I'm I'm only here to see what shenanigans you got coming yes. up, right? Like, that's why I'm here. Which, by the way, means Mark need to cut her a check, but whatever. <laughs> then we also had some blog articles, and... I. If you haven't had a chance to, I know that you guys are here in the podcast world, but if you haven't had a chance to go over to echoesofthestruggle.com and check out the blog, there are people who are consistently sharing their voice and word. Um, so if they can't make the podcast or something like that, um, they do, we do articles there. Um, and so we've talked about, um, female fear, um, and that's actually super important. I actually had a conversation about, about this the other day uh, with a friend where we were talking about like, you know, you know what? We're here. This is what we're talking about. This is where we wrap up. Right. Okay. So this, the yeah. statement was, um, he was saying something about us going to women, going to the bathroom all together. Like he was like, that's a dumb rule that women all have to go. To the that's restroom a dumb together. rule. It's a dumb rule. Okay. That women have to. All go- <laughs> Y'all really should see Brittany's face right now. <laughs> she so, said, like, oh, if that's a seen, dumb rule. If you've seen it, if oh, you've seen like the meme that says like, listen, if you've seen the meme that says like my, my mouth is fine, but my face yeah, needs okay. delivery. Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm just trying to be delivered. Like, I, listen, I can hold my, it's a work but, in progress. But the way this space is, <laughs> it's got a lot better mm. in life. Yeah. I mean, not, I'm okay. sure being a therapist. <laughs> it's an all-day practice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but so, like, so, okay, so from his point of view, as we were talking, I could see what he was trying to, like, my, my statement is, is it's not a rule. Like, I said... And maybe this is me putting too much into it, being a writer and TV and all the other stuff. But hey. I was like, some TV writer really created this rule that women all go to the restroom. Mm. And it's now become like this tool that yeah. TV writers use right, when they right, want right, to right, excuse right, right. women from the ta- from the table. Oh. And so now the world thinks that we all have to go together to the restroom. I don't know if you guys know this, and this may be shocking, but I've been peeing by myself for a really <laughs> long time. Wait, is this like, like in social settings? Or like, I think just... it's in social settings, like at a restaurant or something like that. Okay. So it was like, so first of all, I just want to break that part down. Okay. We don't, it's not a rule. We don't walk into the, right. the, the restaurant or the place. And we're rule like, number one. Like rule number one. If we got to pee, if I got to pee, y'all all got to pee. Like, <laughs> like girl, not, I got to pee so bad, but my friend is running <laughs> late. <laughs> I got to the safety. So, okay. So, so, and it was, I said, we're, we're, we're we got to be real careful because he said, everybody is not wearing clothes that, regard that would require you need that safety and i was like you oh. you are about a hop skip and a jump away from saying women who wear certain si- types yeah. of clothes like ooh. you and he was like ooh ooh that did sound like that that's not what i want i was like i'm glad that you hear it right yeah. i'm glad okay so that's fine so we we can adjust that but i was like the other thing is is like when we go to the restroom to talk 
about you. <laughs> oh, no. We, we yeah. left so that we could talk about you. We didn't leave Girl, so that we could <laughs> go to the restroom or whatever together. That's not what we did. Um, or we, um, I said, but also it, it's a deterrent. So if I go to the restroom, no matter what I'm wearing, if I go to the restroom with a friend, even if they do want to say something crazy to me, they're not going to want to deal with both people. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're going to, yeah. they're more likely to say something crazy to me mm-hmm. by myself, even if they don't touch me. Mm-hmm. They're more like, they, but they're not going to want to take both of y'all on. Yeah. It's, it's less likely. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. right, 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 right. So it was <clears throat> like, if you, I wouldn't call it a rule. No, it's not a rule. It's just, hey, you want to go to the restroom? Okay, let's go. Uh, uh. It might be crazy, but like when I, my other thing is, is when I stand up by myself, I, I always wait for a friend to go to the restroom with me because when I stand up, everybody's eyes are on my crotch or my ass. And I don't know really? that anybody else has noticed because your eye level, you right, stand right, right, right. and your oh. eye level with everybody. And that makes me feel uncomfortable too. Oh, and that. I've never, I don't like, I've always thought of it, but I don't know that anybody else has ever really thought of it. But like mm-hmm. for me, so if mm-hmm. I'm sitting at a table with you and I'm like, Hey, I have to go to the bathroom. I usually wait till the other person stands. Oh wow. And then I stand with that person because mm-hmm. your, your attention is yeah. right. So it's divided. not like, Oh There's... look, everybody right now, right. look at my crotch. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I never thought of that. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to think of it. Now I'm going to, <laughs> now I'm going to be at a, a brunch, and I'm like, you know what? I really got to pee with mine. Also, so um, just FYI, so y'all know, all episode, I'm going to be like, and this is a connection to other episodes of the podcast. <laughs> yes. so, uh, this is a connection to other episodes of the podcast, part one. Uh, this conversation, both about um, female fear and even specifically about like going to the restroom together, reminds me of the whole thing about um, the Whisper Network mm, that mm-hmm. we uh, that was in Cheryl Allison's film, Shadow of the Silence, where she talked about um, for, for decades and decades and decades, women have had a Whisper Network where, like, no one is accusing men publicly of being sexual harassers or sexually assaulting people, but we all, all the women know, oh, well, don't go out on a date with that one because mm-hmm. he's kind of, you know, X, Y, Z. Or don't be alone with that one because, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that that, like, I mean, I guess maybe I am looking at, like, TV shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely seen the TV show, and I'm sure it happens in real life, mm-hmm. where, like, you know, a woman will, like, pull another woman and say, let's go to the restroom together so I can tell you what is happening in the situation that you need to be. It's like the meeting place. It's just right. like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the times I said, you don't know how many or, times I've gone to the restroom and be like, "Did you hear what the mama just said?" Like, <laughs> or just like fix your outfit, talk mm-hmm. about. Yeah, I mean, I never thought of it as deep as what it could. be. I don't think it. I don't. Yeah. I don't know that I really even think about it being that deep. Yeah, as much as it's just habit to do that. Yeah, well, creatures of habit. So it's also very interesting because, like, I mean, it like creates this kind of automatic like no men space. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, if you want to, like, go have this conversation about yeah. men fucking up, then yeah, it's right. like a no men's space yeah. conversation. It's also an escape. Like, think of all the times at the club, you're like, you know, I'm just going to go to the bathroom because they can't go in there. I've used the restroom as an escape before. I mean, and then, like, on the other side, I just, I think it's, I feel awkward if I'm just standing by myself. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with ah, you. That's true. true. Right. right. I don't like, want to be like, just be like, twiddle, twiddle my sense. thumbs. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Like, right. It's just, so that's how, that's the approach that I Although, always go yeah. with I don't it. know. <laughs> I don't know that men necessarily do that. 
Like, but I think something that's also just sticking to my mind is like the whole safety in numbers. So just like, oh, let yeah. me go with you, yeah, um, so that I won't feel and look awkward. And because we came together, so let's stick together. No, I did say now that is a rule. Yeah, now that that's a rule. <laughs> from a young age, yeah. like now off that, top, your mom. That is actually a if rule. You, ride together, you, can, you stay together. You go. Yes, right. We came together. We leave together. Now right. that Facts. is a rule. But the restroom thing, not so much. Not so much. If I, like if I don't want to get up i don't but yeah yeah so i also want to say we also talked about um u.s citizenship and the freedom of movement mm. um on the on the blog um we also talked more about words and literature and how that can actually spark change we talked about the mass shooting um at the mosque in new zealand Mm. Um, and it was very interesting. That one was really interesting. Um, Elaine is actually the person who wrote it. Elaine was my, uh, my college roommate and she now lives in New Zealand was of course in New Zealand when it happened. And it was just, a an experience for her to watch how people reacted to that, especially being from the U S and then watching how we react yeah. to shootings here. And the reaction there was super different, which mm-hmm. is a whole other thing to talk about. Yeah. Um, I try to get away from politics. You know, that's not my thing. He's, he's how, shooting. Um, how different was the reaction? Just It was almost immediate. Like, it. I feel like a lot of places, it's almost immediate. Like, we need to take action. Right. We need to make this go away. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because um, didn't, like, they, they, they like, introduce legislation, legislation like, mm-hmm. within, like, the week or yeah. the next couple like of weeks. They, oh, yeah. they it was like fast. Really quick. I mean, they're already doing like gun buybacks. Yeah. Yeah. Like they like it takes for and and if you talk to people like I have friends in Australia and the U and the UK and mm-hmm. they say the same thing. They look at our country and think it's absolutely insane um, mm-hmm. because they're like, this doesn't make any sense. You've had this many. You know, I remember in Australia there was this one, and they can all name the one. I don't know what it is, but they can all name the one, and it yep. all it changed everything. Mm-hmm. And yes, you're probably going to still have guns yeah. on the street and all that other stuff, but they haven't had any mass shootings, right? So, but I, we I do mean, know that. I think. I mean, oh, I, I wonder if it's the relationship with guns because uh, Americans' relationships with guns is yeah. completely different yeah. from uh, other true. places. Mm-hmm. So. It, if we don't get past that whole, um, uh, I don't know, that, uh, it's probably not going to change anything. People have a certain type. It's more than I want a gun just to to uh, go hunting. It's, some people feel like it's, it's part of their identity as an American to have a gun. It's mm-hmm. my right, and I'm going to use that. And especially it's, as a Texan. Especially <laughs> as a Texan. It's... Given all the silly stuff that has happened within this this year and last year right. and years before that, you would think that you know people would change their minds about this, but the, this no. is. A, uh, I don't think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. alas, but alas, yeah. here we are. Here we no are. No changes have been made. Yeah, Whatever. I mean, um, state by state, there have been changes, but it's tough because it's, in a state where you can like carry your gun anyway, you know what I mean? In a country where like. Okay, so Virginia says no assault rifle purchases in Virginia. But if I go next door to, I don't, I'm bad at geography. What's next door to Virginia? Let's see. I feel like either Tennessee or Kentucky <laughs> is very close by. 
country. One thing though, and I I, I love that uh, the younger generation, but it's always the younger generation. It's always the uh, the kids that step up and say, "Okay, enough is enough." Right. Y'all are y'all are not doing enough. Yeah. And now we're starting to, uh, with the war, uh, Vietnam, and all that. It was the young yeah. college kids like, yeah. "Oh, y'all are doing too much." Mm-hmm. And I think civil rights movement, civil rights movement. Um, <laughs> like, with a lot of it, th- these uh, kids coming out uh, protesting the school shootings. I think. We may not see anything um, until they're able to get into the age where they can have some real political influence um, and some uh, real. Uh, they have a real voice now, but like ha- actually have the tools to be like, you know what? I don't want you. In, I don't want you to represent me. I don't want you yeah. in a position to have control over my life or now my kids' lives. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, <laughs> y'all sure didn't care about any of the stuff that I was going through. Trish is here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's our hello, backup hello, room. Hello. We have a backup room. That's the sound of music. But uh, yeah, so if you if you want to jump in on that mic, I mean, I think to your point, right? It's a norms thing, right? So here, it's kind of a normal thing that happens, but there it's not. So everybody was like, "Oh crap, we need to," you know. Um, this is different norms there, right? Like they don't they don't really deal with that every day here. Unfortunately, as sad as school shootings are i feel like i hear about that every week i feel like i hear about a school shooting every week i hear Mm -hmm. about um some some act of violence every day every single day and i mean we did something like after columbine i think they put more metal detectors in black schools Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's such a heavy Um, statement though to say that we are normalized to gun violence in schools shooting in Mm. schools like it's it's scary Because eventually we're going to, the truth is, if we don't do something soon, we're going to be so desensitized to it that it's, it's going to, we're going to be too far gone. And we're starting to do it now, but then we're going to, we're going to blame the victims for, Mm -hmm. for the guns or for getting killed or for having friends. Well, why didn't you uh, uh, hide in the closet or why didn't you run when we actually, we're going to set up these rules to, 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 uh, Help the victim survive rather than just taking the right. the main the main problem no, out. It's really not. It's not sure. super different from the concept of of like blaming a sexual assault victim. Right. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna yeah, teach you true. what clothes to wear. We're gonna teach you where you can and can't go. What time you should or should not be there, mm-hmm. just to make sure that you're protected. Or, or we could go to these people who keep sexually assaulting people mm-hmm. and like maybe tell them not to. I don't know. It seems real <laughs> simple. Right. Well, similarly, um, I can't wear, or maybe not me directly, but probably more a black male can't wear a hoodie if he cold right. <laughs> and have his hands in his pocket right. and walk in the store. You right. like you can't just be cold. You know what I mean. So at you the end can't of the day, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so crazy. I can't. You just you can't. Just I've be literally cold. saw signs very recently um, on like different gas stations and things like that that say no you can't hoodie. no hoodie, mm-hmm. no hands in your pocket. Wow. Um, so I think you know we think we're so far away from racism, but we're really right up on we're, it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's still here, but I mean, like I said, I think the generation after after mine. Um, uh, I, I'm optimistic about it. I see what the kids are doing. I see these this, this these protests and and them making their voices heard, even though they don't have that. Uh, they can't go out and vote. Uh, but kids as young as 13 outside marching and saying enough is enough. Like I I don't want to be going. Yeah. To school is the place I go to as a sanctuary, as a, a place uh, where mm-hmm. I, I'm supposed to feel safe and I'm supposed to feel um, like I'm being nurtured and. Uh, 
and taken care of. Yeah. I don't want that uh, that anxiety stepping into my school. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that growing up, even though it was going on then. But now, with the help of social media, everybody gets to see uh, all this stuff, and people are live right. screen uh, uh, live video and live, yeah. live yes they're doing this live and like now it's it doesn't seem so far away anymore yeah. it doesn't mm-hmm. seem so distant anymore yeah. Columbine was terrible but for me in louisiana it was so oh Columbine was all the way out there and i'm a kid but now mm-hmm. these kids are videoing it and they're the same so it brings age. it into your home like it, into your bedroom like right. it brings it closer to it you. brings it closer yeah. to you and and they're uh they're taking that in like we have grown to to a certain extent, though you get you get a little desensitized to yeah. the evils of the world. But yeah. the kids aren't yet, and they're and they're trying not to be, mm-hmm. and they're trying to push back against that as much yeah. as possible. And I am all for it, and I cannot wait to see what the world, if it is still here, <laughs> looks like in the next thirty years, um, forty years. I would also say, you know, connecting to our other episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just Chris, Chris is good with the connections. <laughs> you know, he's like, going to bring it back. back no. <laughs> um, I do want to say that, like, a lot of this, especially conversation about what you can and can't wear or whatever, that reminds me really of the R. Kelly conversation we had. Ooh. Because so much of the way people made excuses for him was like, oh, well, you don't need to be messing with a grown man like that anyway. What? You can't uh, go to a concert? Yeah. Like, right. a 17-year-old can't go to a concert <laughs> without fear of being preyed on by, like, a 40-something Mega star, rich man. And at what point do we start blaming R. Kelly? He he right. had all the power. Like, I, as, as you got real, listen, breathe. this is, got, this is this, like, listen. He was on this episode, right? Weren't you on this episode? No, no. I I, I was. We we were going to talk about it, but we didn't want to go into de- detail about the R. Kelly specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wanted to talk but you about, were definitely because um, he was hot. It, I, because I mean, for one, I'm I'm close to it. Um, not that I've ever had to deal with it, but people in my family. Yeah. Um, okay. and, um, I, I am very protective of, this is one of those, th- when it's close to home, mm-hmm. you take it personally and you, you look at it through a different lens. Yeah. At what point do we say, ultimately, the person with the power is the one who should get in trouble? Yeah. I don't know why we sexualize, especially young, uh, POCs, uh, specifically young, Black girls, we sexualize them so early, and they get into high school, uh, and they date somebody older, and instead of us saying, oh, that older guy is crazy, oh, she's just being fast, Mm -hmm. it is not her fault that that Mm -hmm. she has been groomed and manipulated Mm -hmm. by an older man who who knows how to do it, and how to uh, gain her trust, and how to do all that, and and kids specifically, because Young young boys deal with this as well. So I also True. wonder how much of that, <clears throat> specifically with older men and younger women, mm-hmm. we play a part in that. Because we always say, you know, girls, they mature faster yeah. than... And so, like, mm-hmm. we actually excuse mm-hmm. it yep. in a way. But, and then when it happens, we're like... Now, why are you out here being fast? But didn't you just tell didn't me that this boy was immature? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. right. like, I wonder how much of that we do... Without knowing that we do it. I'll, however, I will also say, like, you can't mature fast enough to be more mature than a 40-year-old. Just <laughs> and now that's care. true. Right. And sometimes that's trauma true. will mature you as well. Right. Oh, wow. I speak about that a right. lot in my therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. And what you said was really big with grooming. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big thing that a lot of um, sexual abuse um, victims 
our um, experience and that's over like a period of a period of, of time, time. Mm-hmm. and like that grooming aspect is just mm. like testing the boundaries to yes. see if you will say anything to see if you are not gonna resist mm-hmm. just to kind of prime you for you know yeah yeah um and that's big is, well i think to your point too it's layers right so yeah. not only is the problem with um how we sexualize them but i think especially in our culture how we demonize sex in general right yeah mm-hmm. so it's like when it happens they don't even know what's happening like, I, I assure you that i found out um on my own a lot earlier than my mom was even willing to talk to me about sex you know in general mm. and so i think you know when you demonize sex as a culture you and when somebody's exposed to it later and they're like oh this is this does feel good this is not that bad then they don't know what to do like they're yeah. and especially because their brain is not fully developed yet yeah. too yes and if it's demonized then the first sexual encounter will be full of shame if they already feel like it's not mm. something that's not natural mm-hmm. you know it's just right, bad right. Mm-hmm. yeah so now i don't want to tell anybody yeah yeah and then you can't get the resources or the help if you are in a grooming situation or you are in a, an abusive situation. Mm-hmm. Like, you always, you don't even want to say that you had sex, period. Yeah. Much less, like, oh, and it was this older man that, like, said these things to me that made me uncomfortable in these ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I, oh, I was going to say, uh, uh, for me, because now I see how I talk to my nieces and my nephews and... um and I, I see how my sister talks to her daughters and how open and how these conversations are. Uh, this is sex. This is this is I, I want to talk to you about this before you find it anywhere else. Right. And I don't remember that when I was younger. I don't remember. I remember my, my mother's uh, sex talk was very, um, uh, you know, you're going to want to have sex one day. Just make sure you wear a condom. And it was just it was like really quick. You're like, are y'all having sex? No, ma'am. Oh, well, if you're going to have sex, wear a condom. Like, yes, ma'am. And then that was it. Well, it and wasn't, that was doing better than a lot, a lot, of, a lot of people. Of folks. Right. But I, I think uh, the more we have these type of conversations, and I always say this all the time, the conversation is important. It's not me trying to change your mind and try to trying to get you there. But if we can talk so I can at least see how you got to where you are at, then we can up. Uh, and kids can follow that. And I think we make the mistake in thinking that kids don't, uh, absorb that those kids absorb all of that talk to your children i try to tell my nieces i talk i try to talk to my nieces all the time they're at the age where they're into yeah. boys now and um i just want them uh to know that i, I want them to have a certain confidence in themselves before yeah. they even think about uh that at that side of it so i um i wanted to bring something else up uh speaking of B underscore voice, so you don't know it yet, but you're about to be put on the spot. You've been put on notice. Um, <laughs> she's like, oh, God. Oh, God. Um, but also, our daddy is here. Hi, daddy. Woo! Hey, hey. I was about to say, I was going to give him a shout out. Like, go the ahead, commissioner is here. Commissioner Radio, y'all got to listen. Y'all can't see him, but look. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, also, the fact that uh, Egg Gray, the commissioner, is here reminds me of our SMU episode. That was where he taught me to do tosses. <laughs> I'm like sort of joking, but like not really. Uh, <laughs> that was that was where I learned the great art of uh, shouting out. Uh, <laughs> you know, everybody. You gotta you gotta like cross pollinate your different audiences. <laughs> you gotta give a shout out where you can to make sure everybody's listening to everything you need to be loved. listening to. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so funny because literally every episode since then, Chris will be like, you know, because I learned that from the commission. Like, Honestly, <laughs> like it's a thing. <laughs> but I, the reason that I, I brought that up is first, hi, Daddy. Um, yeah. And then, 
Yeah. <laughs> Can y'all hear I'm actually going to put you on this yeah, mic. Yeah, yeah, we need to um, put you on our, on our guest mic. Um, yeah, because we've got the hot mic. Um, and the reason that I wanted to put both of you guys out there on this is because there's this new case. Daddy, you did a TV, sh uh, TV uh, your radio show yesterday on the case. And then you on Be Voiced, you posted um, the top 10 things about the... Rodney Reed. Yes. And so I kind of wanted you guys to talk about that. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm... The Rodney Reed case. This episode airs the 21st, all right? Huh? The 21st is when this airs? Yes. It'll... Yeah. We're just... Okay. Um, so, basically, I guess if anyone doesn't know, um, in 1996, Rodney Reed was arrested for the murder of his girlfriend, Stacy Stites, I believe her name was. And in 1998, he was convicted and put on death row for her murder. However, after reviewing a lot of the facts of the case, it is very, 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 very possible that he did not do it. And he's going to be executed November 20th. And there's a petition online. Uh, people trying to stop it. Celebrities have rallied up. I believe like Beyonce is one of them. There's like a lot of names that are joining in sorry <laughs> and um yeah it's it's just there's just too much evidence right now that where he needs to be executed like even if it's just like to put on to put like to push back for a while it cannot happen november 20th there's not there's too much fogginess in the case for it to happen yeah talking to that point i had the opportunity to, to interview rodney reed's brother Roderick Reed and had the, uh, uh, well, it's been too long that I've been uh, having the opportunity to say I've had the opportunity to interview people who've been done wrong in the state of Texas. Mm. Had the opportunity to talk to Sandra Bland's mother, had the opportunity to talk to both of John's mother, and now I have the opportunity to try to save Rodney Reed's life. You know, Texas leads the country in executions of people who are innocent. And these are the things we have to do. We have to do more than just sign petitions. We have to elect people and hold those people accountable. So within the last 24 hours, I've again exercised the opportunities that have been afforded to me by calling up uh, elected officials and people of influence as, of, as well. And that's why I'm glad I'm here on Echoes on Air Media to talk about the opportunities again that we have to stop injustice in the state of texas mm. and this was huh? oh um this was something that was obviously very important to yeah. you and the b voice squad because you guys posted about it what was it a uh, about it ten, 10 facts about the case <clears throat> um it, it's like um there's like an instagram page i put together this this page of facts about um about the current facts of his case and um, just reading them. It's just, there's no way, there's no way that this execution just absolutely just has to happen. Um, I've got it pulled up. Go ahead. Okay. So first one was just a, um, a recap. It's basically what I just, uh, he's, he's scheduled to be executed. He's on death row, uh, scheduled to be executed on November 20th. Um, Two, the murder weapon has never been tested for DNA evidence. Three, the state's three forensic experts have admitted on the record to errors in the testimony, which led to Reed's conviction on and the death sentence. 
Four, renowned forensic pathologists, including Michael Baden, MD, Werner Spitz, MD, Leroy Riddick, MD, and Cyril Wetched, MD, have all concluded that Reed's guilt is medically and scientifically impossible. Five, Rodney Reed and Stacey Stites were having a consensual sexual relationship. Six, for months after the murder, Jimmy Fennell was the prime suspect in the case. A recording of one of the police investigators indicates that Fennell was suspected in the murder of Stites, motivated by her relationship with another man. Seven, Fennell's best friend at the time of the crime, Baystrup Sheriff's, Sheriff's Office Curtis Davis, Officer Curtis Davis, has now revealed that Fennell gave an inconsistent account on where he was the night of the murder. Eight, two witnesses have come forward in recent weeks and submitted signed affidavits that add to the mounting evidence against Jimmy Fennell. And nine, nine Fennell later served a 10-year prison term for a sex crime and kidnapping. For, for a sex crime and kidnapping. Law enforcement rec records also document a pattern of violence against women perpetrated by Fennel. And 10, which in my opinion is the most damning, Arthur Snow, a former member of the Aryan Brotherhood and prison mate of Jimmy Fennel, disclosed a conversation in which Jimmy confessed to murdering Stacey Stites, saying, quote, I had to kill my inward loving fiance, end quote. Oh, so, well, that's pretty clear. It leaves you kind of speechless after a moment after yeah. that. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Because it doesn't seem like yeah. it doesn't seem like it should legally still be like. Why are right. we? There's like there's like at I this watch point, Law and Order. This ain't yeah. how it works. <laughs> this, this, like, <laughs> and like right, I'm not I even know. saying I'm not even saying that there's like I'm not even saying there's like no way that Rodney Reed. Like, there's, like, no way, like, he's completely 100% innocent. Because, like, obviously, I can't be 100% sure. Right. But there's just so much that there there's too much for it to be absolutely, like, concrete. His execution needs to yeah. happen. Yeah. It there's, at least deserves another there's look. There's too much room for for questions. There, mm -hmm. there too, There's too much room for yeah. questions to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you're, there's no coming back from that. You're going to put this man to death and there's too much room for question that's at irreversible well i don't know where oh sorry i was doing that for a reason jack i promise <laughs> um i had stepped away from the mic because my mama's here Woo! and we talked a little bit about shatter the silence and i don't know how much um you know or how much you can talk about what's going on with shatter the silence because i feel like miss cheryl i know she can't be here today but she's been traveling a lot and as we're doing the wrap-up do you want to say something about how you've... No, no, you don't. I can... So, uh, shout out. We have the great Denise Lee here today. <laughs> also about to get on the mic. Uh, you know, singer, entertainer, producer extraordinaire. Also uh, created Change the Perception. Also, uh, Janelle's mom. <laughs> I'm going to yield the mic. Yield the mic to my mom. the first time I've ever had the opportunity. Again, opportunity <laughs> to yield the mic. Go oh, ahead. my God. Keep it consistent. Go ahead. The first mic yield. Some things don't change. <laughs> so we had talked a little bit about, um, so we're doing, of course, the wrap-up and just t uh, talking about uh, some of our favorite episodes and Chris was talking about our experience being on the red carpet and getting mm -hmm. to interview people. And, um, we talked a little bit about the whisper network already, yes. but I was just wondering if you could kind of tell me like, what has the response be been, or have you been able to have more conversations now that shadow the silence is out? Yeah. Um, really, really proud of the project that Cheryl has put together. She and I were working on a play 
and she had this idea and she was about to begin. And we were talking about the Whisper Network and Me Too and things going on in Dallas at that time, because at that time we were having our own Me Too crisis in the um, community. And she wanted to hear the voices of people in our community because so often we hear them from a distance and so we don't relate. And I told her that Community Conversation was going to be addressing the Me Too issue. And she asked if she could come and video and asked then if she could um, interview me for it. And I absolutely. And so we sat down in the basement of Theater 3. Um, and she made it look good down there. I tell you, when, when we were there, there was so much going on. And she set up a little stage and we did an interview. And from that, I told her at the time, I said, you need to meet Yvette Lamelet, um, who has gone through a really bad time in the church because she, I said, she has a story for you that you cannot believe. And so I put the two of them together and Yvette became a, a focal point of her documentary. She actually left the church because of the incident that happened with her, but she has become a very outspoken, a very vocal person in the community. So we keep this conversation going. Um, the film, the documentary now has been in and I'm not going to get these numbers right but I know at least 10 film festivals it has been it's gotten Cheryl several best director awards or nods honorable mentions and it definitely has won some best film um, it was also aired on PBS she was able to get that there and hopefully once it has been released we're going to actually screen it together at Community Conversation and have um talks about it, but it's been to London, in the London Film Festival. So it's been all over the country and internationally. And what it is actually doing is putting a face, a real face, not a celebrity face, um, to make women realize because, you know, when they see a celebrity, what happens is they think, well, they've got all this money and they can fight these things and I can't do that. But when you see just average everyday women who said, this is what I went through and this is what I did, it makes it um, more believable. It makes it more realistic that I actually have a voice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think it, and so that also goes to what you were saying a few minutes ago when you were saying it's different when it's closer to home. Yeah. yeah. How different, mm -hmm. how, how different the response is. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's sad that it has to happen that way, but it, it has to, it resonates a specific way. Well, think about how you, powerful it was when all of these people, women and men, just, just did a hashtag. Right. Me too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when people, when people that you know, or you see, or you're related to, and you see that they have put me to, you go, really? Right. Because in your everyday life, you just don't even think in terms of that. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself, um, increased the visibility of the movement and made it more powerful. And so, and when we talked about it, we didn't have a conversation about blaming or shaming. It was more about how you can find your own power that in 2019 now, there is no reason for women not to be able to come out. Even if you just come to a friend, I, I mean, um, if you, I, I, as a person have told women at meetings, if you have nobody else that you can go to come go with me now, your story is not my story to tell, but I will walk with you as you tell that story and give you strength to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. There are people that we can go to now 
to be able to tell those stories. We don't have to continue to live in 1950s, 60s, 70 mentality and be afraid to come out and say what has happened. You know, what a wonderful time to be in 2019, in the day and age of social media where um, a hashtag Me Too and it feels like you have found a tribe. Uh, whereas uh, 20 years ago, um, this would happen to you and you in internalize it is is not something and then you don't know how to talk about it you don't know how to process it you don't know how to deal with it so you move on with life and now we have people in nebraska who said i have been through this and somebody in california is like oh i can relate to that and now it feels like a a normal conversation this is part of the conversation now absolutely And, and it wasn't before so i think um once again going back to the younger generation like all this stuff that is happening um i i see such a um a light at the end of the tunnel it's probably gonna take a while to get there but um at least we're talking about it now at least it's not the uh conversations that you have with your just your close girlfriend like this is something that we all uh, we know somebody who has probably dealt with this and we can talk and we can figure out a way to get out of it. And and if we get out of your way, you can get there quicker. Mm -hmm. And when I say we, I mean my generation, because we tend to want to fix 2019 problems with 1980 mentality, Mm -hmm. and we can't address it that way. I have to realize and remember that what I grew up in is completely different than what you're facing. So I have to hear you when you say what the problem is. I can offer what I know, but can't hold you responsible for using that to try to fix your problem when it, when the two really do not. I agree. Yeah. 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 So there are people out there who understand. Who get it. Yeah. 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 I do think that that's, and I think that's also important for younger generations to realize that there are people who like the loudest voice sometimes is always a negative voice, but there are enough people that are out there that are like, you know, the fact that you you guys have even sent messages, you're like, we only have like so many followers. And I'm like, there are people that are literally talking about like I get messages about y'all's page. They don't care about echoes, but I get messages <laughs> about y'all's page all the time. So there are people that are listening. So you just kind of you got to find those people who are willing. Well, and to it's like, a balance. Yeah. You have to realize, too, that. While we can't solve it, we've got 1980, 90 mentality. We also have some wisdom an experience mm-hmm. to be able to say, okay, I, I can't know what you're feeling because of that when I experience this or based on what you're telling me, this is maybe what I would try. And then you take what you can, but there's wisdom to be offered. And so we have to find the balance that it's not do as I say, and it's not, I'm not doing anything you tell me. Mm-hmm. We've got to come together to find some kind of balance. Stronger oh, absolutely. And I think it, it's definitely like on both sides. I think it, it is like, there unfortunately are not a lot of people, older people that are like always like 100% open-minded. And I totally believe there are, but then it's like, it also is on kind of the teenagers too, because we, I feel like while our generation is passionate, it sometimes can like lean into the red where we're like, we're driven solely by passion. And when you're driven solely by passion, it's easy to like, it's like whenever you're running too fast and you start to stumble, it's like, it's really easy to start to like kind of, you're off track yeah. so then it, it, it's definitely on our side too but. like I, you get on social media and people get upset about uh certain things and it's it is is not that i always tell people it's okay to be mad it's okay to be upset it's okay to make a fuss about things but 
focus your voice, focus on on the issue, like something as small as uh, this. <laughs> I don't know this okay boomer thing that's going on. Oh, that, yeah. I don't even like, get that. <laughs> right. Wait, what is it? Right. It's it's like okay, a, so there's a thing going around, like kind of <laughs> as an internet meme. It started off on TikTok, where like an older you lost person lost me at TikTok. Say, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not even on TikTok. I don't like to be TikTok. honest with you. Um, <laughs> but but it started on TikTok, and there's this whole thing of like you know, an older person will say something that's maybe sounds a little bit like you know, an older mindset. Mm-hmm. And so I guess people were saying all these teens on TikTok were just responding with, okay, okay boomer. boomer generation, got <laughs> yeah. it. All right, I'm good. Okay. Oh, yes, boomer generation. Yes. yes. <laughs> the boomer, not like, 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 oh, you, boomer? <laughs> yes, okay. it's a whole social media meme about, okay. oh, you. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. That's not it. You know, no, um, I get it, though. And, you know, it, it's, it's you, you, when, when you feel like you're being picked on, is you, you automatically put up a defense. Like, right. oh, like uh, don't do that. I just feel like there's so much uh, systematic things that we could be uh, angry about. There's a lot of things that happen that that takes our attention too well. Some of our attention way too quickly. Like um, I'm sorry, I can't even think of anything off the top of my mind. But you know, you'll scroll through social media and it'll be um, somebody has cornrows and that's that's racist and we should just legal and like there's uh, it's a little insensitive, but there's there's deeper meat somewhere that we can be uh, attacking and, and uh, not attacking. I'm sorry that we can be fixing and everything else would smooth itself out. But I think for the most part, we tend to sit at the skin rather than getting to the bone. Mm. Well, you know, it's easier to be angry on social media than it is to be productive. And the other thing that we have to remember, because where I'm offended by it, doesn't mean you're offended by right, it. Right, right. And so because I find offense in something, I shouldn't be able to say, this should be banned from all society because right. I find it offensive. Right. I say, if, if I find it offensive and it's not necessarily, I mean, I can speak up to that, mm-hmm. but who am I to say that it should never be used? Words can't be used. People can't wear cornrows. You like your cornrows? Wear your cornrows. And you know, if and some people may like it, some people may not. But we tend to want to think that there are times that we think as a people we should all be on one mindset, and we can't because we come from different experiences. And so all of our experiences look like everybody else is black. It just doesn't. Or brown. Or yeah, yeah, it's it's not. And and we tend and then we write off. My thing is, you you take your path. If we're all trying to get to the same destination, Mm -hmm. let me walk my path. You're going to reach people on your path that I will never reach. I'm going to reach people on my path you will never reach. But don't pull me down because you don't agree with how I'm trying to get there. We're still trying to get there together. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would just like to note that that touches on not one but two episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, like, first off, we need to have uh, uh, Mr. Needs to have you on uh, the the cancel culture episode because that was – because we didn't get an argument you know, against I, cancel culture. And we that was didn't. Really... And I actually wanted, uh, I, where is Emily? Emily is probably working. Emily! You can. Right, it is true. It is true. Hi. Hi, friend. Um, you want to tag out? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, tag in. <laughs> okay, we got Emily jumping so in. So Emily, Emily's jumping in. I'll sit down. 
Uh, Emily is our Echoes Media intern. Hello. But um, also the reason I wanted to say something about, because you guys uh, talked about on y'all's episode, the Be Voiced episode, uh, you guys talked about cancel culture a little bit there. And we didn't actually have y'all on right. this episode. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh no. We noticed. <laughs> this was another example of where clearly we need a video aspect, you know, that may be coming that soon. Was that was cute. But, <laughs> There was there was a lot of shade that maybe you didn't hear all of it on the on the uh, audio, but if you had the visual, you would have gotten the full impact. This is great because this is like a direct reaction to the episode from somebody right. who like right. heard the whole thing but didn't participate. So yes, what's? I don't know. I know we were like no one's really on the side of the canceled. I'm not saying that I am. <laughs> however, but I, yeah. However, <laughs> I'm saying that it seems like everyone is really quick to cancel and very quick to judge. You guys touched on this a little bit, but it just seems like you say one word and you're canceled forever. And the road to redemption means nothing. Even, like DR gave this beautiful thing, but like even if you do those things, people refuse to like give you the time of day. Mm -hmm. And I think if we are going to choose to cancel people, we also choose, we have to choose to forgive people. Mm -hmm. So before we're able to be like, Hey, cancel, we all, this makes no sense. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, cause I know I mentioned, I mentioned brother nature in um, yeah, our episode. In the Be Voiced episode, yes. Mm -hmm. And how they canceled him automatically for things that he said when he was 12. And this is a, yeah, this is a question I have because I know, okay, I'm bringing up Brett Kavanaugh because he did things years and years ago. Even if you don't believe that he did, I personally still feel like his actions weren't good enough to... Let me start over. Can, <laughs> so Can I... I think I, I feel like I you might be picking up. I think <laughs> I think you have to get, you have to understand that it's possible for people to change. Not everyone is going to change, but it's it's you have like you have to be willing to realize that because none of us I'm none of us are the same person we were three, five years yeah. ago. Mm -hmm, yeah. And people learn and grow from their experiences. And a lot of people don't understand that, like when you're younger, People are brought up differently. People don't understand and don't aren't educated in the same way you are. So like they may not they may not have that opportunity to know that that was wrong and mm -hmm. at the time. So it's not fair to like judge where they are now based on what they've done in the past. And like some sometimes I feel like it is at a point where certain people don't need to be as relevant as they are. But at and it, it also goes like at the end of the day, I also feel like canceling people just doesn't like it's just it's it's no one no one gets canceled like no, you right. can yeah. say they're canceled all you want and they're gonna nothing's gonna change I mean, even when you cancel people people will still support them people support them more mm -hmm. because they're canceled. at this point being canceled is like a good thing because it, yeah, it gets you attention because yeah, cloud attention, good or bad is, cloud no, is cloud no bad it publicity it depends <laughs> You can only be canceled by the people that are supporting you. Which is a thing. That so is what we talked about. So a lot of times, about. like, sure, Kanye West got canceled by mm -hmm. a lot of people who supported him, but clearly not the majority. You didn't support him. <laughs> like, a lot of people. You canceled him. Right. Him. And, like, I, I, was a, I was a person who definitely, like, listened to Kanye, and I would listen to every album the day that it dropped until the last two because of because he's canceled or whatever, right? right? But, um... I think so. So the example I always bring up is Chrisette Michelle, who like really did get canceled. She, she did get like, canceled. Yeah, she got it was sad. Over. Oh, she was 
out of there. Me and Emily were like, who is that? The people who listened to Chrisette Michelle were the people who were mad at her. Well, so, and so that's also the point because she said, who is Chrisette Michelle? (laughs) (laughs) Chrisette Michelle, okay, first off. She was just here yesterday. (laughs) First off, the thing about Chrisette was she was already on the borderline as far as like. Success career. That yeah, way. she hasn't really. Yeah, that part. Through she was, okay, so do you know? Do you know? Do y'all know India Ari and or? Okay, y'all know India Ari. Do mm-hmm. you know Jill Scott? Y'all mm-hmm. know Jill Scott. Okay, so she was so think in like that a tier really? below them, but in the same genre. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like same genre, but not quite as famous. Mm-hmm. Well, then she decided she's going to perform at the Trump inauguration. Everybody who supported her was did not support Donald Trump, and as a result. She got canceled. Is she the one that wore that dress with like Yes. That Trump dress? And she no no no, No. not the Trump dress woman. That's a different one. She wore a Basquiat (laughs) dress. No, she just wore a Basquiat dress to the Trump thing and it was like, oh, but it was I was there protesting. It was like, nah, sis, you still collected a check. (laughs) And that's real. But no, no, I also know the Trump dress lady that shows up at every red carpet with like a MAGA dress. And it's like, okay. But that's a good example of someone who's trying to get canceled. Also, um, mm-hmm. the gun girl, that one girl that only, only anybody only ever knows about her because we tried oh, to pictures. cancel her mm-hmm. for taking the, the, what was it like? She, she took like, her senior pictures with like uh, some rifles and whatnot. Right. Did, wait, and the did only we, reason anybody she? knows who Triple she is is because we what tried to cancel her and it failed. And she's probably going to end up on Fox News or The Blaze who or wherever getting a check. Basically, pro gun, pro probably probably racist, probably racist as well. Which which brings us to my point. Everything doesn't deserve to be canceled, right? Like there should be a statute of limitations when you're young and things like that. Also, some things are unforgivable. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. right. let's be clear. You like, know, let's Arthur be clear. Can never come back. Oh, he, no. can he can never come, come back. Because that's just... No that's <laughs> because I think no ever. Yeah, he, he can never uh, come. Again, we need the video component because <laughs> Miss Denise is over here with like, the, with the full choir <laughs> arms and everything. <laughs> Right! Oh my gosh. Right! <laughs> you, so why did he need to be canceled when three, the, four times? When I first found out about this, like well, the, it was like the batteries were low on that. I think because people, people don't realize, <laughs> people don't realize why they do certain things. They get so comfortable with somebody or something. Like, oh, he, but he can sing. So freaking what? It's a billion people that can sing. That yeah. aren't out here. That aren't out here. women. Right. Yes. Like, or you know, and, and also you can't, because sometimes we are so desensitized we can't desensitize right we can't relate to those people if that hasn't happened to us or even if it hasn't happened to someone close to us we cannot relate to them Mm -hmm. so we can't put ourselves in those people's shoes so in our mind it's not that bad like that happens all the time it's not that bad you know and you know with our uh, so i feel like certain things happen uh with people that that happened like 30 years ago and they get counseled for it they're not the same they've grown into somebody differently Whereas with R. Kelly, up until this man, the day that they got him has been doing the same behavior right. since the 90s. Right. And on one hand, I feel like, obviously, it's a mental health thing. He obviously has some things that uh, he needs to deal with that does not negate or take away the pain that he has caused these little girls, their families, and all these other things. He should be counseled and stayed counseled. Because this wasn't something that he decided, I need to get help for this. Let me go. And Nobody, I don't care how old you are, nobody nobody can say legally that there was some ambiguity. I mean, she's 14, but 
She right. wanted like, it. it. Like, it, 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 yeah, there's right. no, yeah, no, you're just wrong. You, 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 you're, you're just wrong. wrong. Yeah. It, and it's it, and it's done. Yeah. And, and there's a there's a lot of people wrong in that situation. And it's done. So so his counsel, he can stay counsel forever. But then there's other people. Oh yeah, Chris good, Brown. Good, so, good so question. Chris it was Brown. brought. It was brought up. What? Come. come I don't think. Come back. Oh. Yeah, I think <laughs> that if Chris Brown uh, took that hit to his career for a little while, to his personal identity uh, person for a while, and he took that hit and grew into mm-hmm. something different. I'm like, oh, you know, he, although it was terrible. He knows his wrong. He's he's apologized. He's he's yeah, doing the work. But one could he's argue doing the though work. that he, yeah. there was no. I mean, he knew he knew he hitting knew. somebody was wrong. Like he, he, I, I, and one could have gotten in like. But I mean, I'm just saying, going based no, on yeah, what yeah, your, yeah, yeah, yeah. your argument was. It's, it's also a really sticky situation because uh, for me, I, he, well, how old was he when he did this? Like. 18 early 20s early yeah he was out of his teens though you know oh was he out of his teens yes yeah yeah okay well i mean i gosh it's it's so sticky because i i I believe that most people Uh decide denise uh they can we should give everybody the chance to walk the road of redemption we should there's just certain things that if you consistently show who you are then i'm just not i i'm, I'm not interested anymore so and maybe I, what we're saying though is that you can walk the road to redemption but that doesn't necessarily require like what does that require of me oh because right. no, oh, because no, oh. because if we look at this road to redemption which it was by dr and co really because i think we added some stuff while yes. we were on yes, yes, yes. on air go ahead you want to go ahead and plug that just real quick the cancel culture you oh yeah uh, the cancel culture episode. <laughs> no, we, we we no no no. I, I plugged it once, and we were still kind of in the. In okay, the vein, cool, cool. Though, I just wanted to mean? make sure. Cool, cool. I didn't want to overstep that. So, um, the first thing that Dr. says is that uh, the offender needs to offer a genuine, help, heartfelt apology, actively go to therapy. Um, I don't know if Chris Brown did either one or so two. So yeah, how do we know it's like? How do we know that to be true if it's heartfelt? So it's so, like it's yeah, okay. So I want to just say right, right, right. That's true. A good actor, actress. That's true. But let okay. Let me give you an example of what I don't think is heartfelt, okay. and then we'll go from there. Because I don't know about anything else. But what I will if it say includes is the phrase "Sorry if anyone was offended." It's not. Oh, that sincere. makes me think- Maybe maybe the standard should be you have to at least try to be convincing. Yeah, like, like at least <sighs> seem like you're. If anybody could seem like she's sorry, it should be Gina. <laughs> and she only did that because she got the outrage. Right. Had it not had been that, it, she wouldn't have that, even... But my is. point is, is when I say, when when I'm reading genuine heartfelt, that ain't it. Right. I don't yeah. know what I it is. I feel it, yeah. But that, but that ain't, ain't it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it is okay, so subjective. That was what, so, that's yeah. so Miss Denise is not on the mic, but she's saying, that's in that subjective? What we perceive to be genuine, because we don't know their path and how they are able to express themselves as to whether or not they're genuine. To me, it comes off as more genuine if it comes before you get caught. Yes. That's now, if there is a if there's a moment where you come out and there's some when you haven't gotten all the backlash. Yes. Or, and, and so and some people don't know how to say, I'm sorry. But they're forced in front of a camera. And I'm not defending any of them. But I'm saying some people, when they're forced in front of a camera and in front of so many people, don't know how to say, I'm sorry. And then people, especially when they know they're about to be judged, when mm-hmm. they know that you're talking about their livelihood, when everything that you've 
come up with may be taken away. And we judge them right in that moment in the midst of their crisis and say, I don't believe that. Now, and that's our prerogative to say, I don't believe, but who are we to say that that is, you know, that it, it didn't come from a What I think happens and once they finish, give them a year down the road. If that behavior happens again, then well and so that might be going back to what else dr was saying is actively going to therapy for whatever the offense so if it's like to talk about what that offense is volunteering at an organization that has been affected by you by this offense and then make life changes which is i think what you're saying is going down the going down that line what do you see there were additional things that were added which i'm on board with which were no money from your past actions or creations so, like, the money that you got during that? Yeah, like the money that you made while you were doing bad stuff, you need to give it to some organization that is affected. I mean, <laughs> maybe not I mean, if it's, like, I like, I feel- like, Kevin Hart, I wouldn't say that. And, like, when you were talking a lot of that, like, like, do I think Kevin Hart still hates gay people? No, probably not. But do I think that Kevin Hart gave a convincing apology at any point? No. Right. And I and and I but do think that that. But also, nah, he didn't try. Yeah. He, his apology was not. I think being a part of um, the LGBTQ community, right? I personally, and I get offended very often in this, you know, the things are going on now. But I don't think that. He necessarily needed to apologize, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, number one, he's a comedian before he's anything else, right? And he's made that very clear. Um, number two, it was a joke. Like, even if he doesn't like it, he probably still doesn't, and that's fine, yeah. right? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to stop talking to my mama because she's homophobic, right? Like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, but it's one of those things where he uh, he really only apologized because he wanted to be a part of the... Because he wanted to host <laughs> the Oscars. Right, and I don't feel like he should... I should. I feel like he should have stuck to his guns, right? And just not apologize in the first place. Because he probably didn't mean it, right? Right. You know what I mean? So, I, well, but in know, that case, accept the consequence. Accept the co- Yes, but I'm also um also part of the LGBTQ uh, community, and, and I don't care that you don't agree. I, I really don't. I mean, but if you if what I what I care about honestly is uh uh whenever a politician says something like that because they actually have. The power to move things that affect me. Like I don't care. Like you, you can say you don't like gay people. I understand the uh, the 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 psyche of especially the uh, African American community when it comes to the LGBT. I understand. Don't mean I like it, and it don't mean. I, but I mean, you have your thought. You grew up in a certain uh, mindset, and you can have that as long as you're not trying to take anything away from me. Uh, we can live separately and be fine. I think that uh, also comes down to a lot of things. But I don't think you can things. host the Oscars. <laughs> but I don't think there's that. But I mean, I think that it, that is what it comes down to is like this whole, the your beliefs are your beliefs, but as long as they don't like, aff- like you're not hurting me, you're not taking anything away from me, then, you know, I there are a lot of people that believe a lot of things that I don't. Right. So, and, and you know what I do? I wake up and I go to work. I mean, not really, but you get what I'm saying. Like, I wake up and I go wherever I go. And then, like, I, I walk through my, my life mm-hmm. without with, being unaffected by you having your belief right. on Smith Street down the court. Like, I don't I mean, care but again, as long I think as it that doesn't. There's, 
I just think that there's such a thing as like a natural consequence. Like, if you're anti-gay, you don't get to host the Oscars because like a lot of the people who will either be there or who are in leadership positions in the organization are LGBTQ and they're not, they're not gonna want you to show up. The We're, same way, if you say something anti-black, are you really gonna host the Grammys? No, you're not. Because then Beyonce's not gonna show up, Jay-Z's not gonna show up, <laughs> insert all the artists that anybody actually wants to see, Rihanna's not gonna show up. You know what I mean? So like, I think there is such a thing as a natural consequence where that's not even canceling, that's just like, oh, well you don't like me and I'm, I'm not going to your party. Here, so. But that's the product. That's the product of, of the, the world we live in now. Like we're not, we're not in a world anymore. Where we could tell women uh, things like out in public and pat them on the booty and, and send them on their way. We're right. not in the world anymore. A guy like that is not going to be allowed to host the Oscars or the Grammys because right. half the people people want to see are women. More than half, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. We don't, and and we we, we have changed as a society. I want to um, get a word in edgewise. Uh, you were talking about. Uh, comedians and, and gay jokes and everything like that. And, and I loved your earlier comment about canceling. You know, you can only be counseled by people who support you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm going to use that one. Uh, I'm going to give you credit for it the oh, first thank time. You. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but the second time, I'm not. You know? I'm use it as, my own. as long as Echoes on Air uh, gets a shout out. <laughs> The rest, I don't, you know. But, you know, when Kevin Hart made gay jokes, a lot of comedians, they make gay jokes. But, you know, comedians are not charged with having public policy and dominating public policy and creating public policy. We have to take it in this regard, too. But when do we start canceling people retroactively for making gay jokes, such as Eddie Murphy, Mm. who, when he first started, when he first started, his main joke was, let's talk about gay people because they're gay. No one has canceled his card at all. Well, I just want to drop that. Part because you know? Eddie is a great example of somebody who apologized before the backlash came. He like, apologized for that? Eddie apologized in the 90s, which is why when people tried to bring it back up recently, mm-hmm. everybody was like, um, no, he apologized for that in the 90s. He's been a good ally for a long time. To his point, there have been similar situations that because of the time we were in, it was okay, right? And mm. I wasn't there at all, because so, I still don't eat a Chick-fil-A, let's be clear. I don't either. <laughs> but, you know, but I think, but to his point, there are situations, he did apologize because he knew it was going to come back, and he was smart, but and no, I appreciate that. he apologized that. back in the day. He did but a good, he still, he still I feel like it was heartfelt. Gonna, oh, okay, go, you go ahead with that. It's one of those things where it depends on the time frame, right? Mm-hmm. And then people were a lot more against it, because they could be, right? Like, mm-hmm. nobody was going to yep. be fighting for us, or anything anything like that mm-hmm. so i think that that to his point that that is a case that does happen very often just not in that particular situation yeah. <laughs> i didn't catch the 90s when i, I must have been sleep or something in the <laughs> 90s when, when eddie murphy did that but I, I know what i was doing i was watching oh in living color with damon wayans and, <laughs> and sean wayans did they apologize for that on books it's Man. not that offensive to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this old book is not that offensive to me. But you and knew exactly, too. You like, <laughs> so what's up? What's up with that? Because, no, no, no. Because Eddie Murphy, no. Eddie Murphy, A, said faggot a hundred times. And like, but also, Ed, one was funny and one was And it was very interesting because basically he would turn around, he would stick out his butt and he'd say, faggots don't look at my ass. And I'd go, huh. <laughs> that, are you sure that you don't want that? Because you just turned around and st- so. Hmm. But then again, he didn't have anything to look at anyway, so that wasn't really. <laughs> oh <true>. no! Uh, 
<laughs> I mean, that's not wrong. But <laughs> Eddie is Eddie is an interesting case in many ways, but um, but let's go back to the Damon Wayans and, and, and let's uh, go back to the name? What's the other bro? Uh, Damon Marlon. Wayans and Marlon. No, 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 was Damon and I mean, well, they all oh, did uh, it. Yeah. Marlon is it Marlon? Oh no, oh, it was I, uh, uh, I don't know his name. He, David Allen Greer. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Jeez. Right. Let's get, let's get to the right ones. Yes. Oh. Yeah. They they the the intention was I want to get a laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This may get me shot. I think I might need a shield. But insane. I mean, but I can say this because I think people know me and my support for the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. That what you said to me, what you said made a whole lot of sense. The deal is we can't pick and choose. When we want to hate somebody, when two because we like this one person, yeah, and we don't like what they say, and I think Kevin the Hearts, I've got really close friends who still believe, bless their hearts, gay people are gonna go to hell unless, but you would never know it by their treatment of people in the LGBT. That's their own personal belief. Yeah, and for me to say, well, I'm not gonna talk to you because because there's always a chance for growth mm-hmm. if people are open to that. If people can still have say, you know what, this is how I was raised, this is the way I'm thinking, but we can still have conversations, there is always the possibility for growth. So I never mm-hmm. shut that door. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to come to you and say, you're wrong because of this, because then you can turn around and do the exact same thing to me on mm-hmm. something that you disagree with. So when we talk about, you know, Eddie Murphy, I turned on his video just for fun and had to turn it off because it scared me. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. The way he talked about women and said, you know, he looked at Rosalind Cash out in the audience and said, oh, that's a pretty bitch. And everybody applauded. Mm. And oh, so no. you can't say those things now. I got to say, so I'm taking a class right now. And my class is race, gender and sexuality in American pop music. Mm-hmm. And this week, <laughs> Brittany's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this, this week, uh, our, our class was on gangster rap which is already funny mm. in and of itself. Gangsta. Like gangsta. just I literally I'm <laughs> gangsta rap is what's on our syllabus. Oh, oh, um, wow. So Woo, okay. um, gangsta rap. And then uh, I will show you guys in a minute what, what the playlist is, but the playlist is something else. I will tell you, I still in this moment, I've been listening to F the police like on like and saying it's homework but it's not really homework i just like the song but there are some other songs on there that i was like ooh, 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 ooh. like i it was and and this is like i wasn't allowed i mean i wasn't listening to this music because i wasn't allowed to so i didn't hear any of these songs because my parents did not allow me yes the rule growing up was if i can't look my mama in the face and say the lyrics then i'm not allowed to listen to it so that's literally every song on you the know radio. What? I'm going to say this and I want to sit down. It's so funny you talk about songs. There has been every year around Christmas times, the whole, it's baby, it's cold outside, controversy comes up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Songs and, and somebody posted, a be- um, Billy Stretch posted this amazing meme that said, if you're offended by a 72-year-old song, clearly you haven't listened to the radio in 20 years. Okay. And if you th- because if you're really upset about baby, it's cold outside, that it might be a rape culture song, I'm like, have you heard some of the lyrics? <laughs> yeah. What, and, and, but this the now lyrics. becomes a major point. See, and that's what I mean about being selective. It's like, oh, I like this artist, so it's okay. But when he says, 
I really can't stay, but baby, it's cold. I said, he's trying to keep her against her will. You know, it's like, really, really? And so we have to be careful if it doesn't, if it's not really, and I don't want to say not really hurting anybody because there's still things we have to stand up for, but be mindful of when we're selectively canceling people that we could easily be canceled ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then when it's like, Whenever you're trying to make an argument over things that are actually important, but then they remember you like making a big deal of things that aren't important, it's gonna completely flatline your argument. I remember it was like a, a year or two ago. This was like not a big deal. I don't know if anyone will even know about it, but like I remember kind of keeping up with. There was a period where you know how MTV has the Moon Man Award. Mm-hmm. People were actually going to be like, "Let's make it a Moon Person. Why does it have to be a Moon Man?" And I think Katy Perry is one of the celebrities that was like, yeah, it should be a moon person. And it's like, that is so stupid. And then, like, that's why people make fun of feminism and things like that is because when you argue stupid stuff like that, that's not important. They're going to complete they're going to remember stuff like that and then turn a blind eye whenever we bring up actually important issues. See, this is the conversation I thought I was going to have when we did the cancel culture episode. (laughs) But instead it was like, oh, yeah, no, you're right. Cancel culture, not real. But um, I will say. As far as, like, in the same way that what is offensive will differ from person to person, what is not important enough to be offended about yeah. will mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. differ from person to person. Mm-hmm. You say stupid to me. Because yeah. to some people, that's incredibly important. Right. Yeah. So, like, they, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. that was just it. Because I, I usually try to follow. And I talk about yeah. I, You usually try to follow it with to me or for me. I do. That's fair. Because... Yeah. Again, some people take that and will die about it. I mean, there are certain churches that say when they're praying, dear mother, father, God, Mm. because people have said to pray just to the father is very Mm. offensive to them. And I may not necessarily get that, but I respect it. And so that's that's the only thing. It's not to say because I I agree with you on that. I'm like, (gasps) yeah, Yeah, the moon person thing is a little weird to me, too. But I also get, huh? No, go ahead. No, what was the what was the episode we did? Because I think. It's so many layers, right? I think this can talk to that point. The episode that you guys did about mental health mm-hmm. and just kind of being like, some people probably are just so drained and so tired that it's like, I might have something to say, but I don't want to say anything because I'm too tired to like keep fighting yeah. this fight unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm, and, and I'm not taking care of myself because I'm so busy fighting all these issues. So I think that's a really good episode. I feel like I've done that a couple of times where I, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say yes, because like I've been saying like my energy is expensive and I have to decide how I choose to spend it. Listen, well, my sister, listen, my I sister comes through. You guys listen. There are some conversations no where expensive. she'll say something. I'll be like, yes, it's expensive. Yes. yes. Right. And it's like I only have. Well, not. OK. I have a grace to um, I have burdens that are in my heart that I have a grace to like deal with, which is mental health and like trauma. Other things, there's people in those fields that are grace to handle that. Like lawyers, they're grace to handle that. Mm. I would be so burnt out if I took on everything. So I have to just focus on my lane. I think someone said that, but yeah. So like, Mm. I just don't have it in me to be upset or to be emotionally moved and charged by everything. I would literally not make it. And so I have to just sometimes like, that sucks, but I have to keep going because yes. you would be emotionally drained. You would be emotionally fatigued. You would be emotionally constipated if you kept holding things in and then it, and didn't just release right. and what you can control. So that's it. You, 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 you got to know what your fight is. Yes. Yeah. 
I, I, it and was, learn when to tap in and tap, tap out. out. That tap out yeah. thing. Honestly, that, that oh, yeah. tap out thing. And it wasn't until very recently where, I mean, I would get on Facebook and I would like share some. Oh, I would share some type of uh, some type of article, and I'll be mad about it, or I'll be in somebody else's comments box, and I'll be going in, and it'll be, uh, I'll run back to my Facebook just to have the argument and just to fight a little bit. Then I woke up one day and like, what is this really doing? Like I, these, I don't even like for the most part. All I share on Facebook now is like memes and also and his memes be funny. <laughs> <laughs> his memes. That's I all like I do, and, and gifts <laughs> and all that stuff. That's all I do on Facebook now because I now that. Another thing about me, politics was never. Uh, I, I'm not going to make it about politics, but for me, it, it was never a uh, a big thing until our current uh, occupant uh, started to run. And now I see there's so much more important things to be talking about, and there's uh, there's so much, so many different ways I could be using my voice and using my power instead of being on Facebook arguing about whether or not um, we should change. The sign on a, a, a tampon's uh, box, or whether or not we should make it a moon person, or whether like those are like very surface level things that like that's not going to change until we like uproot some stuff that's up right. in the higher powers. I will say though that there's some some things that we consider surface level that actually do make a big impact. I know I saw this tweet and I think about it all the time. It was a few months ago. But this guy tweeted that he was like, he wrote, today I got to speak with congresswomen and men and congressmen. And I was like, oh, he put congresswomen. He put congresswomen first. first and yeah. for some reason, that just made my heart so full. Yeah. And it made me like really proud and excited because I was like, wow, someone like, you know, gives like an F about me and gives mm -hmm. an F about making women be, you know, more important than they seem to be right now. And um, sorry, I was going to backtrack just a little bit. I know we say it's very easy. It's very easy for us to be like, oh, like, oh, you hate gay people? Well, that doesn't affect me unless you're actively doing it. But I feel like we're adults and I feel like we have found like safety in who we are as people. But I know when I was really young, if someone had said something like that to me, that's hard. That's really hard to deal with. And it's hard to um, feel safe in society when I feel like society doesn't like me. And I think that's something that's like still happening with a bunch of different things and a bunch of different people for young people. So I just want to make sure we realize that when we say, oh, you know, like we don't have to cancel everybody. I feel like whenever there's people who are idols to children and idols to the youth mm -hmm. and are making them feel unsafe and making them feel like their voice does not matter. Those are people that as adults, we should try to cancel and we should try to like lower their voice mm -hmm. and raise up voices of people who are speaking passionately and speaking truthfully and honestly like Lizzo. I love her so much <laughs> and I wish that we could raise her voice so much because she makes me feel empowered and she makes me feel happy. And there's other comedians and there's other women who are these celebrities that I feel like aren't doing that and they're still praised. Cardi B, I really don't think personally, I know I bring her up all the time. I don't <laughs> think she's that great, but anyway, <laughs> I, she got, she got Cardi issues <laughs> <laughs> because I really feel like she does not make me feel like an empowered woman. And she makes me feel like not good. And I know that if I had really started listening to her and really paying attention to her when I was younger, it would have been worse and I would not have felt safe and I would have not felt empowered. Do you guys ever see like those videos of like little kids of like TikTok and stuff oh, and there's like little girls like, twerking is. and whatnot. I, uh, and, like, yeah. Worries. It makes you nervous and it's like it's kind of like that's the type of people that we need to cancel the people that make these little kids think it's okay to do that. Can I say something too though? Um, I think cancel culture also goes back to the likability. <laughs> Someone being likable. Mm -hmm. and how if they're not likable then it's easy to dismiss them 
Um, and so I just think that just kind of underlines, I mean, it's kind of at the root of it all. Like if you don't feel like this person is likable to your taste, to your preference, to how you believe and feel like they should behave, then it's easy to dismiss. Right. So, it's, I mean, it's all subjective. It's, it, and that's like, and I also yeah. like council culture. I, 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 I would like it to be careful uh, not to just totally eradicate the freedom of speech. Like, honestly, I like to know that you hate me, so I know not to avoid you. I'd like to know that I know to avoid you. I'd like to know how you feel about me, so I know. Um, if our politicians were honest about how they felt about certain things, I'm not voting for you. I'm not giving you... I'm well, then, not, yeah, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I see who you are. Good. And I think, um, uh, you know, it, just like there are certain people... Uh, now, don't get me wrong, because I'm totally on your side with this. Like, if there was... If my niece was looking at uh, up to someone who was I felt wasn't giving them the most positive image, then I would feel some kind of way about that. There are certain people who also look at um, you don't like gay people. Well, that's the right attitude to have because our country is this and uh, we are this and we're supposed to be that. People are scared of change and people are scared to rock the boat. And um, we will always have those people and we are the uh, the nine power pushing back. And um, I, I I think that's a, a a positive thing, but also there are little kids looking up to those people who are with the power, who 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 grew up in that and, and want that, and um, let them talk so we can we can know how to keep them at arm's length. Yeah, I was gonna say we do have to let talk let them talk. We have to let every side and every perspective talk because I okay, I saw this a few years ago, and it said you don't argue or discuss something with someone to change their mind. You discuss it to change the minds of the people around you who don't know how they feel yet or are on the fence about something. And I know because there's conversations I've had with people and other people have been like, hey, thank you for having that conversation because now I know where I stand. And if we know where we stand, we can be subjected and selected in who we cancel and who we decide not to follow. Because if we don't if we don't know who we are, it's going to be very easy to be like, oh, they're canceled. OK, I'm going to cancel them, too. Um, yeah. And we should w really be careful of wanting people to think how we think. Right. Because mm -hmm. that's that creates this box or this vacuum where we're just like, you know, what I mean, yeah. it's, and it's very unrealistic. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's one of those things where you have to say, OK, how can I you know, you cannot support her music. Right. For me, I can I'm, I don't have an issue with um kevin hart i'm not gonna like tell that to the people but i'm probably not gonna pay to go see his show either right, yeah, right. or i'm not gonna put I'm, I'm never eating at chick-fil-a you know right. things like that that's my personal process if somebody asks me why i'm doing it and they don't know i'll tell them i'll explain it to them mm -hmm. it's not because they don't like gay people i don't care about that but you, but you can't donate my money to organization you know what i mean yeah. so that's a bit far right mm -hmm. you know with my mom even with certain things i can tell i can explain things to her that she doesn't understand and sometimes she'll say oh okay i can i won't support that because i don't agree with that either but she might not even know what I, what I'm talking about at, you know in the beginning so I think but also if she doesn't agree then she just doesn't agree and I have to be okay with that because yeah. that's too much of a burden for me to carry you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah we, trying to oh go ahead oh no go ahead oh I was gonna say trying to change the minds of people who are very steadfast in theirs is really draining and it's easier to it's okay it's not easier it's better to talk to change people around you who are not completely steadfast I I agree. Like, I don't think uh, you, because I, like I always say, and I said it earlier today, the conversation is always important. I don't necessarily want to have a conversation with you to change your mind, but I need to understand how you got to this conclusion. And I need to, I need to find a way to, to make you look like a human because right now, the way I feel about you, the way I perceive you right now is not in the best light. How did you get there? Because I am over there and I'm not changing. 
I just need to understand that we'll probably never agree. We'll probably never see eye to eye. We'll probably, you'll probably never like it, but I can at least see how you got there and be like, all right, I can distance myself from that. It's just not how I see it. But you know, what you said, that's a conversation. Mm -hmm. When you're arguing with somebody, in my opinion, to change their mind, it's because you don't believe enough in what Mm. You're not solid enough in what you believe in. You're looking for affirmation. You're looking for somebody to co-sign yeah. on what you believe. I mean, if we can have this conversation all day, and, and mm. that's fine. Mm. And usually, and most of the people who know me, if I'm having these kinds of conversations on Facebook, when I've decided that you've closed down and you're just trying to change my mind, I just go, okay. okay. So if ever you see after a long <laughs> conversation, Okay. That doesn't mean yeah. I've changed my mind. It just means I'm done with you. You're right. And so because I know where I stand, what you said about knowing who you are, yes. you have to know what you believe. When I tell people when they come to community conversation, be open to whatever you hear. And if you leave there believing the exact same thing you did when you walked in, then at least you will be more grounded in what you believe because you've heard so many different viewpoints against it. And if you still go, yeah, but I'm still here, then you're more solid in what you believe. That's the important thing, knowing what you believe. And if you don't believe that, okay. I mean, you want to wear your Confederate flag T-shirt? Okay. Okay. We we can't go to lunch. And, <laughs> okay, and right. you know, so don't come to me. But let me explain to you. Mm-mm. I don't no. I don't need you to explain. That's all right. Go ahead and wear it. Have a good time. Have a, mm-hmm. And so those are the natural consequences. And that's how we... Money, not spending money at Chick-fil-A. If enough people just stop talking about it and stop spending money, if enough people stop tithing to the United Methodist Church because gay people can't get married there, I bet your stuff would change. We'd find mm-hmm. out for sure what people believed right away. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if their belief was really anchored in what they and tithes stopped coming in, if they stuck with that, you got to mm-hmm. go, all right, that's what they believe. Mm-hmm. But if they go, well, let's think about it, see, then you wouldn't support that for the right <laughs> reasons. Right. No. right. <laughs> To your point, I don't know if anybody knows this, but Chick-fil-A basically stopped donating money to those organizations when another, um, and I believe it was a gay male who was responsible for like some, for responsible for Chick-fil-A's coming to the, into that particular city. Um, he told them that they were not going to be able to come. So then they stopped doing what they were doing because they wanted to make that money, which makes me feel like this is a personal issue that you have, but not something that is really spiritual and, and really deeply rooted into something that, that makes sense, right? And so now I really can't respect you, number one. However, it also lets me know where you really stand, number mm-hmm. two. Mm. I feel like we could talk about this all day. <laughs> right. Mostly it's because really deep. we almost talked about this all day. <laughs> like, 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 because we've done this before and we, we, we just, like, it literally turned into like cancel culture. Right. Two, right. Cancel culture part two. Kind totally of fine. Yeah. Which is totally, totally fine. Um, but we've kind of reached our, our time limit. So, but that doesn't mean we got to stop talking. Y'all just got to stop listening. So like, um, so we're gonna, I, like, I don't, I don't know. Do we leave? Do we take away? I feel like when it's a wrap up, we don't leave or take away. No, I don't know. What I do think we, do? we need what to. Do we, we did, I think, mm. I think we left it all out yeah. on the table. I think we did. Um, so we're actually going to go. Sorry. Yes, ma'am. You, that's you. Oh, before we leave, I would like to plug at B underscore voice. <laughs> for the um, third time. For, oh, sorry. Well, basically, hi, this is Emily. Um, Lauren is also here. We're wearing fancy shirts that have our ad on it. And basically, it's run by um, me, Lauren, and our friend Jordan, who goes to uh, who goes to school in Dallas. 
and um, it started as a play and now we talk about um, social justice and cultural exchange and things that are really important in our lives as young adults and teenagers and it's really cool and it's a cool perspective and you should definitely follow on Instagram and we're hopefully going to do more things than um, posts and hopefully yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're proud parents. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're gonna go and like have cake and like play <laughs> games and stuff and probably finish the rest of this conversation or whatnot. But uh, we thank you for hanging out with us this season as we wrap up season two. We'll be back uh, with season three. We've got some new things that are coming out. So we'll be sending out some stuff about that. But in the meantime, have a great holiday, create hope, forge a path, change the world. We'll see you in 2020.